This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Choices are great. Like with your podcasts, you get to choose what you want to listen to. And State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. That's why the State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you get the coverage you want at an affordable price and a policy that helps cover what you value most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's winter time. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Wednesday morning, quiet on the tee because Bud Copeland is stepping up to bat here at Divots and Pivots with me. Uh, we are going to break down the Players' Championship for you. What a wild and unexpected weekend. Wind, rain, Monday finish, you name it. People bitching, good times in the sport of golf, in the world of golf. But uh, before we dive into it, once again, I said Bud Copeland's here, as always. How's it going from your remote destination today? Yeah, divots and pivots on the road. Uh, What I'm very happy about and excited about is to be on the tee about to step up to the plate. Um, Hopefully I can, you know, kick a field goal and really hammer home the points. But um, I'm wondering how much references you're going to try to squeeze. Well, when you were introing, yeah, at the (laughs) intro, you said, you know, uh, quiet on the tee up to the up to the plate, which is funny because I did used to play baseball. No, life is good, man. Uh, I know last week I talked about it and I might have been one of the only people in America that was super happy about rain delays and a five day players i was watching movies in the rain delays and you know having fun on twitter so it was uh for a golf geek like me it was it was glorious and it gave me an excuse not that i need an excuse to watch golf during the workday yesterday so uh shout out pga tour and that crew because with that much water falls on a golf course and you were able to have it tournament ready quote unquote um i know some of the players are bitch it was uh it was a fun weekend and, and listen not to sleep on uh innisbrook copperhead the snake pit you know the valspar championship back in march this year after a little detour in may the guys are going to find a tougher course than they did last year so um it, it was a great weekend we have a short you know quick week i think in nfl they say a short week and we're going to turn it right right back around to the other side of the state but before we go anywhere local news in the valspar championship 
um, you know, I guess environment down there in South Florida, you, you, you've been chomping at the bit to talk about this, but your best friend, hero icon, Tom Brady is back. He, he, as, as the founding member of the divots and Tommy fan club, how do you feel about his Twitter? I'm going to take a drink of my, my liqueur drink before I say this, because as a born and raised Patriots diehard fan and defender of Tom Brady up until probably the last couple of years, what an insufferable tool bag he has become. <laughs> I can't stand the Brett Favre trajectory he has taken with uh, put me in the spotlight makeup for all those years. I took pay cuts and took a backseat while I won my Super Bowls. Man, make a decision and stop trying to leverage the team in your favor by saying you're retiring just to see if they can trade you out. Like, I don't know if that's for sure, but it's the only thing that makes sense why he did what he did. So I am done with Tom Brady. Hook him to the woods. (laughs) I'm going against the grain on you. I think it's wonderful. I love Tommy. (laughs) I grew up a Michigan fan. I knew about Tom Brady before any of you New Englanders, which by the way, thank you, New England, for allowing me to come into your community and be born again, New England. I really do love it up here. But I I wholeheartedly embrace this. Now, my wife is going to change the locks on me. She's from Maine. She says she's with you. Tommy's dead to her until maybe not even until this was she was like, this is a bridge too far. You know, she was going to wait. But I think, you know, and and, I mean, yes, objectively, everybody understands. Yeah, you go away. uh, You you have some time to reflect and you want to come back. We all have the competitive itch. Really, I think what it comes down to is he he was an idiot for speaking up anyway. Um, there's a great line from Aaron Sorkin. I want to say it was in the West Wing because uh, the entire world can be boiled down to a metaphorical reference of Aaron Sorkin movies and, and shows. <laughs> but they reference Mike Tyson or, you know, in, in boxing, they say, you know, ask a prize fighter when he wants to schedule his next fight five minutes after he was knocked out. You know, I mean, sure. that's the thing. He, he gets he gets knocked out in the NFC title game. He's number one in every statistical category. Fuck it, I'm out. You know, I'm over this. Is uh, I'm beyond. Been and then, thinking about it for years, though, I don't want to hear that, that. He's been playing. I don't. I don't, I don't blame him though. You go back and you start looking around, going, "Wait a minute, that's my name at the top of every statistical category." These guys had my poster in their bedrooms, and they still can't beat me. Like it. Mm-hmm. it I don't blame him. And at the end of the day, uh, it's a family decision for him. So not that I excuse it. Like <laughs> when you're a public figure and you've got people to answer to, you do have a fan base to answer to. You do have millions yep. of people up here who have, have a visceral emotional attachment to your movements and whether or not you are going to throw a football. Um, I read, I saw a headline earlier. I was so say, silly, isn't it? <laughs> well, it, I saw a headline earlier, the guy who, uh, and I should, I should have read the article, but I didn't have that kind of time. I was too busy looking at fantasy national and all the, the beautiful data they have for us there. <laughs> But the title of the article was about how a football all of a sudden lost $580,000 in value because Tom Brady came back. I guess the football was one of his last, it was like the last (laughs) ball that he threw or the last touchdown ball before he retired. Well, it was a big thing because he had to negotiate to get the, to like give the ball or to get the ball, to give it back. I forget exactly which way it went, but because Mike Evans had accidentally thrown it, like thrown it into the crowd. So they they had to get it back. It was a whole, a whole thing. And now that's just all for nothing. So, well, there's also great jokes running around being like, yeah, golf's not that easy. He couldn't break 90 and he decided to go back to NFL, which there's debate over there. That'd be a fun topic. What's harder, starting quarterback in the NFL or winning the Masters? 
I think it's a. I think it's more or more about what his wife said behind closed doors <laughs> would change his decision. How much he could really take being just chilling at home. I think that was mostly it. Forty days. Forty days. <laughs> how, I mean, I I wouldn't put it beyond uh, the realm of possibility to then after about thirty thirty five days, it was you know Tom Tom, are you sure that you want to stick around? Don't you have somewhere to be? <laughs> nah, babe, we're good. I'm, I'm just gonna. Here. I'm going to watch some more film and uh, maybe do another Hertz commercial. So I wouldn't be shocked if he got kicked out, but all right, we had to, to, to anybody outside of the realm of football, or if you tuned in for golf love, we are, this is a golf show. Uh, but at yep. the same time, we will pivot to anything interesting, intriguing or tangentially related. So uh, thank you for that little wanderlust divergent down Tom Brady. Cause as you can tell, we're going to take this conversation offline afterwards. Cause Andrew, you're wrong. It's good for football that he's back. Oh, it's good for football. I still hate it. Um, <laughs> it's good for football. It's bad hate, for you. I, I hate the way it happened. Is what I hate. I don't care if that he's still playing. I just hate the the way it happened. It's just it's just. So my theory, when you say the me. way it happened, do you mean what do you mean? Because to me, it was very clearly he retired as a way to try to leverage the team, the Bucks to to trade him. I don't well, think he ever for a second thought he was done. I, I, you're, I think you're 100% correct because and that's uh, why the, I don't the, like the it. rumor mills, which obviously if it was on the internet or you heard it on a podcast, then it must be true. But the rumor mills had, you know, first of all, there was a deal, maybe a secret deal for him and Sean Payton down in Miami that got nixed yep. when the Brian Flores stuff started coming out. And they said, well, we can't, we obviously can't be doing anything that shows that we've been talking beforehand. Exactly. I think San Francisco was, was a still a kind of a, a pipe dream for Tommy, maybe retire a 49 and this and the other, but it all ended Way, 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 way. I say way. It's like three or four weeks ago when Bruce Arians came out and somebody asked him, "Are you guys? If he did decide, would you would you entertain the idea of releasing him from his contract?" No. It's like what do you say? He said something along the lines of "bad for business." Right? Is that what he said? Yeah, it it would be a bad business decision or something. Man just can't keep his mouth shut. He just loves telling the truth. Bruce Arians, I know. Yeah, Bruce. I know. I, I I freaking love it. But I mean, that was the moment where it was like full stop i mean you are either retired or you're a buck and let's have some fun with it maybe maybe in a strange way tom brady didn't know what to do being put in this place like that it's like wait a minute i don't have any leverage here like you do have what to do he had spent 20 years under bill belichick with him putting him in his place he knew how to take it oh god um but this is gonna yes but anyways let's let's put it back to a full show all right, we could and before we dive show. before we dive into the golf, just a couple housekeeping things. I do want to mention that this week, actually starting yesterday, but every day this week, uh, Belly Up Sports. We are on, on the Belly Up Media uh, Twitter page. You can find a March Madness style bracket competition for all of us podcasts within the Belly Up Media uh, network. So uh, each day, there's two matchups: one at twelve, one at three o'clock. They'll be posted around ten a.m. every morning Eastern time. Go on, vote for your favorite uh, within the matchup, and we're going to have a bracket go through um, for, uh, for the next couple of weeks. I think it should last if we're doing two a day. Um, so you can find this show, Divots and Pivots, at the 3 o'clock matchup this coming Friday, which I believe is the 18th. So check it out. Show us some love. Go to the at Belly Up Media Twitter page and vote for us on Friday at 3 o'clock. Set your alarms noon, not three noon, because it's 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 March eighteenth. We all know which March seventeenth is. We all know how everybody's gonna be feeling the morning of March eighteenth. Yep. So make sure you set that alarm for noon. Uh, you know, shake the rust off, a little hair of the dog, and then click pivots and divots, divots and pivots. <laughs> Sorry, say I, I I was already ahead of myself. 
I saw so, that. That's dope. It's gonna Very be fun. Exciting. It's gonna be fun. So Very we'll see. Exciting. We'll see how far we can get the show to go. So show us some love and show all the other shows some love too. All it's supposed to be way. interactive through the all whole media. The so give it some way. love. All but right. without further ado, let's quickly talk about the players and kind of – I know how I did, and it wasn't very good. Uh, there was a, so many variables that I think just got in a lot of people's way. Um, I know my picks just – it was not a winning week for me. How did you do, bud? Massacre. It was it was it was it was it was a bloodbath on the beach and down in no Ponte Vedra. No one can say we're not transparent on this show. No, 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 no. It wasn't it wasn't the greatest of showings for Boudreaux and this buds for you. But as you talked about, um everything goes out the window when the weather does what it did. You know, yeah. we did we did we did say it was gonna get cold, it was gonna get windy, we knew it was gonna get wet, it was gonna get ugly. Um, I don't think I didn't anticipate to that degree because I was very I was confident yeah. in people like Rory and DJ and even Brooksy being even though I didn't pick him, I, I kind of had him uh strong enough to kind of push the ball around in that wind. Yeah. There ain't nothing pushing anything around in that weather last well, week. Well, even that more was, so um, that you would think they were the guys that would have the mental capacity to withstand the, the multiple delays, stopping and then getting back out there. Like those are the guys you think could handle that, that you that would be able to separate from the rest. And it just, it just didn't happen. No, because you get, you get to a point where, and I think we finally saw that point, Brandel Chambly, Brandel, Brandel Chambly, <laughs> Brandel, um, who, who I'm slowly, I think I'm going to, I might have to start the belly up Brandel uh, fan club. He, right. uh, he was ma- he was making some 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 pretty some pretty sage points where you do get to a point where it, you, there's there's nothing you can do. I mean Brooks Brooks went in the water two you know twice three times in like 24 hours or something like that twice and yeah. twice in about 12 hours on 17 and he was just laughing. Xander Shoffley looked like he shanked one. Pat and Gazire did shank one. That that was fun to watch, uh, but it was also I've seen people shank it on 17 before. Never had myself. But it was really the wind and watching those guys get pushed around by the wind. And no matter what you do, you do everything right. And it's just kind of, I mean, again, a football analogy would be kind of like you've got the best game plan in the world. And then again, snowstorm, blizzard, everything's out the window and you got to run the ball up the middle and who's tougher and who's going to hold out. And that's kind of what this turned into, which, like you said, almost a war of attrition mentally. And then the luck of the draw, literally the guys who. Uh, teed off on Thursday and we were able to get that round in and didn't have to touch a golf club Friday or, you know, uh, or Saturday, sorry. They didn't have to touch a golf club Saturday. They were able to get that first round in huge Pat Perez. If you get a chance to go check out his comments from last week, because uh, there's a great, there was a great shot of Ian Poulter running from the 17th tee to the 17th green, because, you know, the rule is when they blow the the horn, whatever hole you're on, if you've teed off, you get to finish that hole or you yep. can finish that hole. And he knew it. He said, listen, my fat behind wasn't going to make that run. I'd have, I'd have a heart attack, <laughs> but they knew that if they didn't tee off on 18 in time, they were going to be back there at four in the morning, four 30 yep. on the range to, to go play, play one hole, <laughs> one hole yep. and then not tee it up again until four or five o'clock Saturday or, you know, the next evening. So it was funny because he says, I'm not going to do shit. I'm going to stay in. So it was a bloodbath. My guys, my, my team did not do well. Um, I did I did have uh, Russell Knox there. Uh, I earmarked and he had a nice little run late. He but did, yeah. overall, boo, it was not it was not a good yep. week. It, this was the, this was the week where. I mean, if you did well this week, I, I would I wouldn't really hang your hat on any kind of <laughs> recipe or be looking. Don't go looking for patterns in this week. It was yeah. an anomaly. Oh. It was again. Yeah, this was. I agree with you. I'm not. I'm not there sure. were no Might flukes. Have... There you are. Okay. No. Again, this is the trouble with remote broadcasting. <laughs> we got your back. There, you're good. You're clear again. 
So yeah, that, no, I, like I, I said, Cam yeah. Smith was the best man at the end of the week. He was, this was on a fluke. He didn't fall ass backwards into it when, when the stones were, or when, when everything was on the line, he showed the stones and hit the shots he needed to, including that little uh, finishing three-way. Well, that's something we've, we've known about him. The, the Aussie with the mullet. I mean, he, he's got his, his reputation is already as somebody who can, who can take the risk and, and, and really stand there with the best. So he, he's got his own little pedigree now. And so I'm not surprised. Like, I think I agree with you. He, he deserved for that win this week. It wasn't something like you said that he backed into. And I don't know if, I think it was on Saturday. Did you see the graphic at one point on 17 where they showed the, the wind pattern um, where mm-hmm. it said above the trees that like, it was, it was like 12 mile an hour and it was straight. And then the second to drop below the trees, those lines were going like crisscrossing, going in crazy different directions. I don't even know how the hell you play that. And as someone it's, who's played TPC Stargrass, like, do you even do you just hit it straight and hope for the best? <laughs> like, what? At, how at do that, you even factor that, it in? At that point, you do go mid, you just middle of the green, and yeah. you hope for the best. Um, Pete Dye, when he designed it, that was the idea behind Stadium Golf, and that was kind of the Stadium Golf was for the the viewers, but at the same time, they realized the fringe benefit was they created this little bowl, this little artificial tunnel of wind, mm-hmm. because. You also notice for the first time ever, 16, 16, 17, 18, that little finishing. And we're going to talk about the snake pit that the, the folks have to have to you know navigate down at Innisbrook here in a little bit on the Copperhead course. But 16, 17, and 18 at Sawgrass, you see downwind and into the wind. So it is yeah. such a mental mind, you know what, because 16, those guys were coming in and they were having driver eight iron and setting themselves up for eagles and birdies. But then that meant that they were going and hitting six and seven irons into 130-yard par three and then hitting – driver drive driver three wood wedge like you know playing a 480 yard par four like five because of 30 mile hour wind so couldn't have been a better time for the weather i think it was a great it was a great no we're having some technical connection issues again but i think i think bud hit it hit on the point uh hit the nail on the head there right on point um just what it worked out exactly like uh, Pete Dye envisioned. Obviously, he didn't envision that every time a, a tournament's held at that course, it's going to be um, such extreme weather like that. But it worked in in the uh, the favor of it this week. Uh, let me just well until until Bud rejoins us here. Uh, but anyway, so let's dive into uh, the Valspar this week because uh, we got another uh, a fairly good field coming up in the Valspar. And we're going to start with uh, we're going to start with the tiers format again. We're just going to do a quick run through on the tiers. Um, nothing too in-depth here, but I just want to kind of tackle a little bit of what's going on in the tiers. And we've already had some withdrawals come out of this tournament too. So we already have Paul Casey uh, earlier today has uh, pulled himself from this tournament um, along with some others such as Sebastian Munoz, Doug Gim. Uh, all three of them are guys that you could find in the tiers uh, matchup. And it looks like we might have Bud back here. Let's, let's check that little pixelated Bud up oh, there. Maybe that's him right there. Can you hear me, bud? Yo. <laughs> okay, I think we do. We got you. I think we got you. I can see you moving now. Just for. <laughs> All right, we might be good. If we lose, if we lose, bud, a couple more times, the, the you know, you know, he'll be back of the, of the hotel. <laughs> but this is what we do to get you guys some content. We want to make sure we get it to you every week consistently. So we do what we got to do to make it work. Um, so, so let's jump into tier. So, cause in tiers one, uh, it's actually very similar to some other weeks we've had where we got Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa. So we got some heavy hitters for sure in tier one. 
I think Bud can hear me. It looks like we got him back again. Um, and look, there's no. There's I don't no, trust Colin Morikawa yet. You know what? Just stay on that. Just get your get your takes out there as quick as you can when we have you, just in case we lose, just so we we know exactly where you stand. Um, I agree, though. Personally, when it comes to this, comparing these three to each other for this tier, Morikawa is definitely the the third of these. Um, I have Justin Thomas as my top. He actually ranks out as the top player for me overall this week, but he's also the highest priced, I think, in, in all formats this week. Oh, man, we lose him again. But so, yeah, Justin Thomas is um, kind of far and away uh, the best in my model this week. He, he ranks out in uh, top five in, in three of my uh, key stats, which includes greens and regulation, uh, ball striking, and drafting points. He also ranks out 11th uh, on the year in the field for strokes gains approach as well. Um, so, excuse me. So he, he should come into this, especially with this field being, um, like I said, it's it's got a pretty good, um, pretty good field as far as name recognition in here, but um, it's it's a little bit top heavy, and then it kind of falls off a little bit. So it's this is one that Justin Thomas can easily come out here and win this week, the Valspar. So I'm looking at him in tier one to, um, to just kind of to carry that. Uh, like I said before in previous episodes in tiers, you don't really have to worry about ownership as much uh, because it's you're, you're really just going against who, who is else is in that tier. And in the end, you're just going to want the guy with the most points. And if other people own it, it's, it's more likely that you're going to have a duplicated lineup in tiers just because there's, there's so many less uh, variables and less options to, uh, in combinations to create lineups with. So for me, tier one is Justin Thomas. We already heard Bud say before we lost him that he's not a fan of Morikawa. We're going to try this again with him, see if he's back with us. <laughs> but, and we, okay, okay we'll, we're just going to roll with this, guys. I'm sorry about this with this episode, but we're, we're going to roll with this. We'll, if we get him back, we'll find out exactly who his pick is in this period. We obviously know it's going to be Thomas or Hovland. Um, but let me reset my, my model here because I just messed it all up. Okay, here we go. So, so we'll jump to tier two here, where we got another pretty decent, uh, pretty decent setup here. So we got Xander at the top. Uh, we got uh, Terrell Hatton. We have this defending champion and Sam Burns, uh, Dustin Johnson, and Brooks Kepka. So definitely some bigger names here that's going to draw some interest uh, from some people here. And, and if we're just taking a look at this, um, I like, I like me some Xander Shoffley this week. Um, he's coming in uh, ranked fourth in my model overall so so for me he he ranks out good over the last three months uh in the field uh for my key stats but even more importantly uh when it comes to innisbrook and correlating courses that are similar and play with the same greens and play uh the same style of play he's crushing he's top five and four of my key stats and he's 15th in strokes gains approach so uh this is gonna be the first time he plays this tournament in the last three years uh but for me xander has the game to to really attack Innisbrook and, uh, and and come out on top. So I'm liking Xander in in tier two for sure. Um, I know we were on Dustin Johnson last week. I don't I don't mind him this week as well, but um, I would still probably play a Sam Burns over him, the defending champ. Uh, even though, as Bud said earlier in the show at the beginning, that this is now in March instead of May, so it is going to play a little bit different than last year. So if if you're only reason for playing Sam Burns is the fact that he's the defending champion. You might want to look a little bit deeper into the stats and um, and what what caused him to win that tournament because it is going to play a little different uh, just given the time of year this year. But in tier two, give me Xander. Uh, we're going to go heavy with the top in these first two tiers. <clears throat> and then for tier three, 
So this is where, so Paul Casey was in tier three and he's now, uh, like I said before, he's now withdrawn. He's out for this tournament this week. So we have uh, Jason Kokrak, we have Abraham Anser, we have Louis Oosthuizen, and we have Shane Lowry. Um, and when it comes to this tier, I like me some Shane Lowry for multiple reasons. So in 2018, he he made the cut. Uh, he finished 49th, but he did make the cut here. So, but not nothing crazy. But more importantly, in the last uh, in correlating courses, he's got he ranks out well, and he's been playing well over the last three months. He He's finished fourth in greens and regulations, fourth in strokes gain approach, and third in ball striking when it comes to the field in these stats. And surprisingly, what you might not have expected this, but Shane Lowry scored uh, the 13th most DK points over the last three points in the tournaments he's played when it compared to the rest of the field. So for tier three, Shane Lowry, it's, I think he's actually, in this case, going to be a little under owned when it compared to the other people in that um, in that field. I could see some people going to Oosthuizen and answer so. Uh, I'll go for I'll go with Shane Lowry. They're hoping to make it a little different for us there. And then for tier four, we have Mr. Webb Simpson, Tommy Fleetwood, Jason Day, Alexander Noren, Kevin Kissner, Harold Varner, and Gary Woodland. And I'm gonna make a risky play here, something that I haven't enjoyed doing recently. It's not a guy that I can typically trust. But I'm going to go with Gary Woodland in this tier, mainly because I think no one's going to play him. He, But he ranks out well in correlating courses to, to Innisbrook. Um, I think it's a course that, that will play well for him, especially this time of year. And he's not crazy. He's not you know, terribly bad when it comes to the last three months in his stats. Now, I will say, if you wanted to play a safer route, Alexander Norin would be the way I would go. He ranks out um, pretty similar to the way Gary Woodland does, but he's uh, been been playing a bit more consistently with his finishes, and he finished 21st here last year. Um, so Alexander Norin uh, would be the safer play if you want to go that route. But if you want to be a little risky, uh, jump in there with Gary Woodland and see what he can do because he might sneak up on some people this week. And then in Tier 5, uh, we got... Matthew Fitzpatrick, Keegan Bradley, one of my favorites, Cameron Tringali, Adam Hadwin, Chet, and I'm going to mess up this last name like I always do, uh, and Hout, <laughs> forgive me for messing that one up, uh, Russell Knox and Bubba Watson. Uh, so like Bud alluded to earlier, Russell Knox came off a pretty decent finish uh, this past week at the players. Um, and I kind of look at him to continue that. He, he's got a good track hit, uh, track record here. Uh, at Innisbrook and at the Valspar. Um, and he, he's like I said, he's been playing well uh, as of late. He's actually first in greens and regulations gained in the field over the last three months. So uh, I'm liking Russell Knox to continue that uh, momentum he carried with him on Monday uh, into this week. So I'm going to play with uh, Russell Knox. If you want to go to somebody else uh, in that in that uh, that tier, um, I'd actually uh, I'd give Keegan Bradley a shout. Uh, this is one of those courses where you know, Keith, when you play Keegan Bradley, you want to be very selective about the courses that you play him on. This is one of those courses where you can play him and and hope for a cut making. So Keegan Bradley would be another option. But for me, I'm going to go with Russell Knox. And that will bring us to tier six. Where we have Mito Pereira. Sebastian Munoz is out. 
and so is Dougie, and both of them were in this tier, so our options are now even more limited. So we have Mito Pereira, we have Jonathan Vegas, Francisco Molinari, um, Thigala, and Doc Redman. So we were on Vegas last week as a nice, uh, cheap value play. It looked good to start. I mean, he came out with a three under first round. And I was I was messaging Bud on Twitter. I was going, you know, we we crushed this one. This is looking great. He became a victim of the weather, unfortunately, and uh, he he ended up not making the cut. So that was unfortunate. <coughs> but so I'm going to stay away from him this week because it, it just seems like he's not putting it all together consistently enough. Uh, but when it comes to this tier, sorry, I just lost my uh, my spot there. I'm gonna go with Thigala. Um, because, man, I just lost him again. I'm sorry, not the guy. I'm going to go with Tringali. So Tringali is a guy that I, I I play whenever I can, whenever it seems right. He finished third here last year um, on correlating courses. He ranks up pretty well. He's got a, a couple top 20s, uh, two top fives. Um, he hasn't been playing crazy good as of late, but this feels like a course that he might be able to uh, settle in and 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 play the way that we we hope he can play more consistently going forward. So I'm going to go ahead and and play some Tringali in tier six. And that is going to, um, oh, I'm sorry. Tringali was, see, there I go. This is what happens when you do the solo guys. So Tringali was tier five. <laughs> and I still like Russell Knox more than Tringali. Um, I was thinking of Thigala in, in tier six. So I'm going to take a shot on uh, Thigala, very similar name. And that's going to round up my, my tier lineup. So for my tier lineup, just to recap, I'm going to be going with Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, Shane Lowry, Alex Noren, Russell Knox, and Thigala. So that's where I'm going to stand on the tier lineup. And a lot, some of that can be crossed over into the, the um, uh, what's it called? The classic contest style. But, for instance, Justin Thomas is probably going to be a little too rich from my blood, because like I said before, even though he should probably crush this course, the fact that there is a handful of guys who could easily still beat him, it, it doesn't make sense for me to pay the full $11,000 on DraftKings for Justin Thomas. So let me let me reset my model really fast here so that we can kind of get ready for for classic contest. Just hit a couple... Buttons here. I'm gonna do a quick check to see if we have Bud back. Um, we do not have Bud back yet. So it looks like we're gonna roll solo. One of my, you know, favorite things to do on the show, but we can do it. We're gonna roll solo here. Um, and so let's talk about classic uh, classic contests here for a little bit. So like I said. I usually try to fade the, or at least fade the very top of the the ten thousand plus tier. Uh, I'll usually get some uh, some action on on at least one of them. So what we got for the the ten thousand and above tier in classic this week is we got Dustin Johnson coming in at ten thousand two hundred. Xander's coming in just above him, then Morikawa, Hovland, and Thomas. So as I stated in tiers, I actually really like Xander this week. Um, so this is going to be a spot where I'm going to look to Xander to start my lineups up. And I want to take a quick look at ownership on him, or at least projected ownership. Because So I'm recording this on Tuesday night. Uh, it's going to be Aaron. You'll be listening to it Wednesday morning. So the ownerships will 
theoretically change a little bit, but we're going to be looking at some projections here. So let me take a look at what we got on Zandy here. So Zandy's coming at projected ownership around 11% right now, 11, 12%. And that's pretty good for uh, someone who has a real shot at winning this thing this week. And at 10,300, one of the lower price guys at the top here, let me take a quick look, compare it to a, see, so a lot of people are choosing right now, at least to, to pay up for Justin Thomas. He's got around a 17% um, projected ownership. So right there alone is is another reason why uh, I'm looking to fade him. We've got Victor Hovland up around 20%, Morikawa around 17% as well. Um, Dustin Johnson, 15 So right there, Xander out of all those guys would have been the second uh, the second um, ranked guy in my rankings after Thomas, but he's going to come in at probably around, you know, seven, 8% less ownership. So I'm going to start my lineups with Xander. Um, and for the sake of the show here, we're just going to build one lineup. So I'll say, I'm going to start this lineup with Xander and, and kind of see where we go. So that that's going to give us an average remaining salary of 7,900. And this is going to be a perfect spot for me to, go down and already find one of my value guys. I want to check his ownership. Perfect. So one guy that I think could be a, a dart throw this week. Now, when I say a dart throw, I, I very literally mean a dart throw because a, a guy like Adam Svensson is not someone who usually pops off the page. Um, and it looks like we might have, but, oh, he's moving. All right, let's hold on. Let's let's get him back in here. All right, Bud, so are you uh, living? Status, status update: I'm not in. I was about to make a very poorly timed topical <laughs> joke about war zones. No, the uh, the internet just dropped in the hotel. There, I'm I'm in Atlantic City for a conference, and um, I, and as soon as we started having issues, I could hear other people on the floor yelling, and I just saw <laughs> shake again in the screen. I swear to God, if this goes down again, I'm gonna get these. So, anyways, I called the front desk, and they're like, "Sorry," I'm like. <laughs> it's like a 400 room hotel you mean you lost internet but that's neither here nor there where are we on tears or classic i'm ready i did my homework boys, <laughs> All right, boys well, and gals at fantasy national are cranking out great stuff so they make me smarter let's talk about this so we so i actually just ran through tears i was just starting classic but i, I do want to get your take on the tier so i'll, I'll go so quick I'll run, tears so let me yeah. quickly run through what my tiers lineup was, and we'll see where you differ. I, I, how about I was about to say, don't tell me your tiers. Let, let's okay. rip through mine. Just, just let's, and then we'll see because everybody else, America, because all of America is watching this, they got yours. And so let's see what's behind. Yeah, let's rip through one. yours then. Hit, hit us right. with your tiers. Tier, give my give my voice a little break. <laughs> tier, I know you're a gem, brother. <laughs> tier one uh, between uh, between Colin Morikawa, Victor, and JT. I, I'm going JT all day. I think uh, sometimes you have to eat chalk, and I, even though it's as chalky as he might be this week, he hits his he hits long irons high, lands them soft, can hit it straight off the tee, can control it, uh, and 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 is great. Well, he's great with those long irons. Two hundred and two hundred and fifty yards for him is like an eight iron for me. Um, yeah, I'm that good. No, so I got JT tier one, uh, tier two. Sorry, where are we? Tier two. Deep, deep. Lost your place after one tier. Two. We're going with Brooksy. <laughs> I do think. Do what? I said you lost your What'd place you after just one tier. <laughs> I did. I did. So <laughs> tier two, we got Brooksy Kepka. I do think that Brooksy's going to bounce back. I think last week was kind of not a fluke, but I mean he doesn't do well at, at the at the stadium course, um, and he hits it long, and he can control those hundred 
175 to 200 yard approach shots. Par three scoring is going to be big on the longer par threes, but the par fours are going to, you're going to need those mid to long irons. And I think Brooksy can do it um, better than any of those other guys. I was going to ride the Paul Casey wave until he withdrew, but Shane Lowry uh, in tier three, there's my tier three guy. I don't need to go any deeper than that. I've missed half the damn show. Tier four, I'm gonna st- I'm sticking with Gary Woodland again this week. I do think he's knock knock knocking on that door, and I don't any of those other names. Alex Noren is trending. Kisner is gonna take a week off mentally after cashing a million dollar check, and uh, I just don't uh, the way that Gary's playing. I can't really put anybody else above him there uh, for tiers. Tier five, tier five is fun for me. It's Matt Fitzpatrick all day. After that, just. He got bit by the draw last week as well in Ponte Vedra Beach. But um, Bubba, Bubba's not going to – Bubba could do well. Keegan Bradley, I'm very fascinated to see how he bounces back. That kind of mental – he hit a punch shot. I mean, the guy is staring at the clubhouse lead at 11 under with mullet boy three holes behind <laughs> and a shit ton of water ahead. And who knows what 17 looks like if mullet looks up and sees that – Keegan's in that two shot lead. You know, there's so many things. He hit a punch shot in the water. I mean, I've, you've been there. So, anyways, I don't trust him. He's got to show us these back. Russell Knox, he's my guy. He was my guy last week. He had a great run late on Sunday. He came out the gates firing hot Sunday, Monday, the de facto Sunday. So, I think Russell Knox is primed. Um, he's going to break through again and be back out there. And then tier six, which the best thing about tiers is the fact that it makes you take things down in tier six seriously, as opposed to being in the six, six or seven K range where you're like, what's a name? Yeah. What's a name that doesn't have, doesn't have ownership. Um, And I was going to, I was going to mess around with Doug Gim again, but I think, you know, we, I think we just found out he's part of that crew, Paul Casey, Doug Gim, some of those, yeah. Some of those later finishers who did well, cashed a check and they're like, you know what? I'll take the week off. Um, Sorry. But so down there, the same thing with Munoz, you know, did that, he shot that 65 or 67, whatever it was late to put himself in position. My boy Mido or Mito, whatever, Mito. but Pereira, the ball striker. Mito, Mito was big on his boards early in the season. He's another one of those corn fairy. He's one of those names that all of a sudden is going to start winning, I think. And we're going to go, where did this guy go? Like golf insiders, not DFS, you know, insiders yeah. like us. But like the golf nerds, like Keith Stewart from ESPN Radio, the PGA Tour guys, they're going to be the ones who are like, oh, we've been following Mido for years or Mido for years. And he's a ball striker. He's this. And I trust them. Uh, and I think that just down there, that's what that's what it's that's what it's going to be. And I say that's what it's going to be. It is decided. So uh, let's okay. let's see. How did I stack? How did I stack up against yours? We had some we had some similarities for sure. Actually, most of it was pretty similar. So I also went Thomas uh, tier one. Yep. That was a no brainer. Um, tier two, I, I went Xander though. I think Xander, uh, is built for this course. So I'm, I'm, I'm going Xander and, um, like what I was just talking about in classic, actually, when it comes to the, the 10 K and above range in classic, he's only at like 11% owned when everybody else up there is over 15% owned. Uh, so Xander's a no brainer for me. There's, there's an edge there for him this week that, that I'll, I'm going to attack. Yeah. Um, Shane Lowry in tier three as well. I, I went that route. I, I like that. Um, funny enough, yeah. tier four. I also went. I also went Gary Woodland, and I said that it's a. I actually, so I, I was telling everyone. I think it's a. It was a riskier play if you want to take that risk. If you want to play it safer, go Alex Norn. But I did like the Gary Woodland lineup for this week. So Norn's so, trending. Norn is trending. So, but I did go Gary Woodland there as well. Uh, tier five. We had such a similar, like a scary similar train of thought there. I want Russell Knox. 
but was very close to wanting to play Keegan Bradley as well. Because as I said, this is one of those courses where you have to be strategic when you play Keegan Bradley because he, he had some courses great, others not. This is one of those courses where I think he can he can show up on. But I did go Russell Knox as a bit more of a safety play and to see him uh, kind of build off that momentum he had late uh, on Monday. And then in Tier 6, uh, I actually went Thigala in Tier 6, more of just a shot in the dark kind of run with it but i, I went the island tier six uh, but i don't mind the mito Pereira play he's mito's someone that we've we've liked pretty much all year so far and i might be talking to myself and repeating myself because it looks like we might have lost mr bud copeland again <laughs> it's gonna be one of the one of those episodes it looks like where you know who, who would have thought that you can't trust atlantic city just who would have thought i don't know about you guys but let me get get us back to classic lines we're going to continue with um with how we were rolling here. Let me let me pull that up really fast again. Um, where to go? We're just shooting from the hip today, guys. That, that's just what you got to do sometimes in this world. Um, so, yeah, so I believe where I left off is, so I had started off with saying I'm going to start my lineup with Xander. Um, we went there. Yep, we, so we lose Bud again. Uh, maybe we'll see him back again. We'll, we'll see. Um, and, but what I'd like to do here, so he just mentioned it, because um, I want to quickly take a look at... Pereira's ownership in classic. So Pereira's coming in right around 11% ownership as well. And I mentioned Svensson, Adam Svensson before, um, and he was coming in at uh, just under 8%. Um, so I expect Svensson to be right around there, if not a little less actually, because he just doesn't have that name recognition that's going to get ownership. But if we go, if we start with Xander at the top and then we round out our next two guys with a, a Mito Pereira and a, an Adam Svensson, both at 7,200, now, for three golfers left in our six-man classic lineup, you know, we're, we got an average of 8,400 left to work with. You know, that, that puts us in pretty good position to to find some uh, some other gems like a Russell Knox, who we said we liked in tears, um, or like a, an Alex Noren, who we said was, uh, was trending up. Um, I am going to stay away from Sam Burns even in classic because he is the defending champ i think his ownership is going to be high yeah he's up around 16 percent ownership i tend to stay away from the defending champs for that reason alone uh but let's uh let's just kind of play this out here a little bit um because we really like russell knox russell knox ranks out as uh actually the number was that five golfer in my model this week so we're going to slide russell knox in here 8100 that's going to get us up to 8600 um average remaining salary per player and at this point here, oh, hold on. We have another. We're going to. So here's what we're going to do. Belly up nation. First of all, ladies and gentlemen up top, uh, please don't hold this against me. Actually, you can hold anything against me. This is my feed. That you we're sure talking can. About. You can hold it all against me. I, I will be back plugged in hardwired next week so I don't miss anything at all. Um, yeah. If this happens again and the worst should become of us and I can't get back here. I just want to point out that we are agreeing more than we're disagreeing on the tiers. In yeah, yes. in classics, this is this is going to be the best episode. Watch, this is going to rate super high. Um, <laughs> in classics, I teased you at the beginning that I had a sleeper somewhere that I was really big on. Yeah, and that it's, before we lose you again. It's Stuart Smalley's cousin, Alex Smalley, and Alex Smalley was down there. He's seventy one hundred. And the ownership is, again, the reason I said it, because let's see, 4.1%, which is low, 7,100. You like it. Here are the things that got me on Alex Smalley. He's seventh in par three efficiency, 
par threes, 200 and 225 yards. And the Innisbrook Copperhead course has five par threes, all of them over 195 yards. So there's that, there's one of those little differentiators down there when you're dumpster diving uh, in the six and seven K range. And you're saying, all right, everybody knows that X is okay down there. So who do you look for? Stuart Smalley's cousin, Alex. And also, uh, sorry. And he is in top 20 on, on par fives, 600 yards or more. And there's, there's the par fives here are 550 to six. But the point being the difference between a 580 yard par five and a 610 yard par five is yes, 30 yards. But practically speaking, it's just a long F and par five and the yeah. guy can play long par five. So you're going to have to score on the par fives when you get your chance. And you're going to have to not drop strokes on the par threes when you get your chance. And then the differentiator in between on all those par fours, long approach shots there's a lot of dog legs on this short this short golf course i mean it's 7300 yards but it plays a little bit longer because of the bends and the narrow fairways and the thick rough and the tall trees so you're going to need guys like brooksy who if he could find a fairway he is muscular enough and strong enough to be hitting 175 180 oh, eight almost, irons oh, nine okay. um, because sometimes they sometimes they will be yeah you're so. still here you're still here <laughs> Alex Alex Smalley is one, and then the other one is Stephen Yeager or Jager or Yager. Uh, Stephen Yeager down there in the and I think he's sixty seven, maybe even sixty eight, sixty nine. Uh, but he's, he's another one that four hundred. Thank you. But if you're if you're going to go studs and duds, I'm not going middle of the road this week. I got too fascinated by the par three scoring <laughs> uh, strokes. Steve, Stephen Yeager is, is third in, in uh, strokes gained on par threes. That's something you can't, you know, because you have five of them. And then he is ninth in par, par threes, uh, 200 and 225 yards. So, again, trying to look for some diamonds in the rough. Diamonds in the rough from a long way away. Speaking of a long way away, I should I should probably try to find a way to get back closer to you next next week because this is <laughs> abhorrent. So I, 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 I don't, I'm not sure I can get on the Steven Yeager train, but I, I actually really love the, the Alex Smalley call. That's going to be a fantastic edge play. And I think you nailed it on the head. There. This is a par 71. So we get that extra par three in there. Um, so I, I love the Alex Smalley play. And I actually am playing a bit of the middle of the road for my classic lineup. So this is, you know, in while you were talking, I just rounded up. But so this is kind of where I was landing. And there can be some, if you want to get a little bit safer and, and take out a, a, a Svensson, uh, play here, which I, I told you at the beginning was a guy that uh, actually before we started recording was a guy that it was rating out surprisingly well on my, my model here. But for my classic lineup right now, I got, I got Xander at the top because like I said, when it comes to those 10 K guys, he's only coming in around 12% ownership when the rest of them are coming in 16 and higher. And he's ranking out like, I think it was third. Uh, he's ranking out fourth in my, well, also Xander, I do Casey. believe, you know me, I'm, yeah, and, and and the whole strokes gained off course yeah. thing, or the, and there's I'm going to create a new a new category: strokes gained uh, karma. And I think that <laughs> strokes gained karma. Xander's been knocking on the door. Yeah. Um, he, you know, I they're all going to be pissed. Those guys who got battered around on Saturday last week. But he's another one of those like I'm the freaking gold medalist. I'm number three or five in the world. Yeah, what? Like I get, you know, I'm better than this. So I, I like the Xander. I like the Xander calls the Xander play up top because I went straight for the bottom. Cause I wanted to go value before sure. it turned out the lights on me here, but, but messing <laughs> around up top there. Um, obviously I'm big on Brooksy this week uh, at 94. Again, I like Brooks in Florida, even though I, I don't know, don't, it, it, this is another one of those off, uh, off course things. Terrell Hatton. 
I'm liking him. Yeah, hat and uh, hat and um, rates the other names well. up top. I think you I think you can get some leverage up here. And then Maddie Fitzpatrick. Maddie's going to be chalky because um, he makes a lot of cuts. Last week was a yeah. fluke, and I think the, the bounce back factor for guys who are that good. That's a blip. You know, he's trending well, he's playing well, and he just missed a cut at the hardest place in the world. Yeah. Matt and yet he's still play. he's still coming in around 15% ownership. So yeah, I think that, he's still gonna be popular. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, I, I, he's the chalk that I'll eat. Uh Hatton and Kepka are the kind of non-favorites, not necessarily hidden people, but up there up top. And then that's why I'm balancing out with Mr. Jaeger and Smalley and Aaron Weiss down on the bottom, the bottom half. Um, Aaron Weiss, I no other no other reason that I saw other smart people who I believe in and trust. I read them, and they. <laughs> I'll be honest. Sometimes you like you don't have to have a justification for everything. Well, he's seventh in this. It's strokes game. Oh, some, sometimes like, somebody just convinces you. It's yeah. We're all, I'm like we're you're smart. You're people. smart. You're smart, and you're all saying Aaron Weiss. So I will take that. So okay. So I don't uh, look. I think I think that's some good callouts there. So. So my classic lineup ended up with uh, Xander, like I said, and then Svensson. Uh, and then I went to Mito. Uh, I liked your argument for Mito. I agreed with it. So I like Mito coming in. I think he was coming in at right around 11% as well. Let me double check that. Yeah, like right around 11 12% ownership. Followed up by Russell Knox, the Smalley call. You convinced me on Smalley. And that gave me room to add in Shane Lowry to round it out. Um because I liked the Shane Lowry play this week. I just wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get to him at 9,700 because for Shane Lowry, 9,700 is quite a lot, but he is someone who comes out uh, ranked in my top 10 in my model this week. So um, if we can be right about, and I should say, if you can be right about the Alex Smalley play and we are in agreement on Russell Knox and Mito Pereira, then we, we could have something here this week. I'd say the biggest risk here is Svensson. So if you wanted to to kind of take a, a bit less of a risk lineup here, I'd probably go ahead and take out Lowry and Svensson and um, do a little bit something more like, let me take a quick look here. Um, if I compare it to my model here, you know, some live uh, tinkering here. Live tinkering. Would, live tinkering. So that's going to be, that's going to be a section. That's going to be a section on the show later. <laughs> the live Bra- tinkering. Brought to you by... <laughs> Ace hardware. I would probably do that. So I would probably do something like I'd probably actually eat a little bit of chalk with Alex Norn and then get and then do Gary Woodland instead. So instead of Svensson and Lowry, I'd go Norn and Woodland. I personally like the Svensson and Lowry because it gives me a bit more of an ownership edge and a bit more of a higher ceiling, I think, when it comes to just where I can end up in the final standings of the contest. But it, that's one example of a safer play that you can do instead. Um, there's, there's so many combinations. You can make anything happen. But like I said, for me, I'm going Xander, Lowry, Pereira, Knox, Smalley, and Svensson this week in my classic lineup. Back and it's out, Innisbrook. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's Innisbrook. This is and, one of those courses that, that it can kick the ass of some of these professional golfers, and it's so much fun to see. <laughs> it, I mean, and listen, Innisbrook is a resort course and it's a resort setup. Is Hudson Swafford in the field? Because I feel like that guy only wins when he's at a resort course. Um, shout out, HUD, PXG Golf. What's up, dogs? Uh, no, it's the, the Alex Norton has been trending recently. And I think he was doing, he, he had a little, uh, he fell off a little bit recently. And so he's, he's on his way back. So I like that name. And again, I don't know that from my intense following of Alex Norrin. and he's up there. Another name that I read alongside Aaron wise is people trending. Uh, 
they didn't end up on my on my number crunching again thank you thank you friends at fantasy national because i I have 17 tabs in front of me i remember here on the show just a couple weeks ago we mentioned him when it was still out in the cat the west coast swing and i remember you even saying let's save him for the florida swing Uh, i believe that was alexander norm we were talking about that so it, it makes sense that he was trending up European guy who once he got over here in the States for college golf kind of solidified. I, think, I want to say he's in the Augusta area or in the Jacksonville area or both. Um, and that's why, yeah, he's, it's funny. It, it's funny. how Go, but we've gotten our POA out of the way with the California boys. We've got the Florida swing that, that, you know, the Bermuda's wrapping up. It's not wrapping up, but I mean, the Florida swing is going to wrap up and they're going to go out to Texas yeah. for a couple of weeks. And then it's just one banger right after the another. You know, we got Augusta, and then we got Southern Hills, and then we got it's going to be you know, a Brookline fun summer. <laughs> it's going to be a fun summer. I actually talked to the the director. I think I told you this, the director of the We Met Foundation, the We Met Scholarship Fund, yep. the Brookline. Yeah, that was so he um he was just telling me some loved insights. So you got that to look forward to. Uh, possibly down the road. Brook, Brookline, Mass, both local to our where we both live. We'll see what we can make happen for you. Just a little teaser. We will see what we can and to make bring, happen to, for you. To bring it full circle on the show, Brookline, Mass, in the Country Club. Also, Tom Brady. They oh Jesus. <laughs> they uh, no, you. I mean, you're 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 a New England guy. They, oh, uh, the, the Country true. Club put him on a waiting list because it's yep. the Country Club. We don't care if you've won Super Bowls or who you are, but he's in there now. Uh, I just felt like I had to bring that back. It's up like the people they call Ohio State the Ohio State. This is just the Country Club, and that's all you need to know. It's the Country Club. This is gonna be and, the first and, time the U.S. Open's been there since I believe it was like, uh, eight, like eighty-eight. It was eighty-eight, right? Yeah. 87, 88, some, 88. It was something yeah. like that. Yeah. I think the I think the women's US Open was there in the, sometime in the nineties, no. but uh Ryder Cup in ninety nine, the Miracle oh, that's, of Brookline. I'm sorry, that's what it was. It was the Ryder Miracle Cup. Miracle of Brookline. I got a good feeling about this. I wrote a piece for that. That was actually the first Peter piece I wrote for um for golf online, stickandhack.com. Check them out. They uh and it was about where I was at I was at a wooden bat baseball tournament in the panhandle in Pensacola, Florida, when that Ryder Cup was getting finished up. And I watched yeah. Justin Thomas make that putt from the on deck circle with my mom holding a little two-inch screen, black and white transistor <laughs> TV on the other side. That's um, awesome have no idea what I, what I did after that at bat. I think in the story that I wrote, I hit a home run, which I did do at that tournament, but definitely wasn't after, after that, at bat. <laughs> but it makes for a better story. Um, no, That's Brookline's going to be good. Innisbrook's going to be good this week. I, I, I always feel bad for the Texas swing because I think the, some, you know, it is, we got the WGC match play. And then I think uh, maybe the Byron Nelson or something else used to yeah. be the shell, the shell Houston open. Uh, but that kind of stuff always to me felt like, I don't know. It's hard for me as a golf fan to focus on it when the, when Augusta's around the corner, but then we also remember that there are how many hundreds of pro golfers who are not playing Augusta yeah. who, uh, who that, who this week, this week at Innisbrook or, uh, you know, a couple of weeks out, out in Texas, or even at the Puerto Rico freaking open while everybody else, it was uh, the guy, Annabelle, Annabelle, Anna here, Anna bin Lahiri, Anna bin Lahiri. Sorry. <laughs> The, the 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 Indian guy who finished two yeah. and he's like three hundredth in the world. I loved one of his quotations because yeah, for him a two point one million dollar check and this finish is going to do wonders. But um, when he talks about grinding it out every week, he's like, listen, in the world of golf, you're one week away 
from a three-year exemption. You're one week away from a two-year exemption. You're one yep. week away from a life changing. And it's, 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 it's mind boggling because yeah, journeymen and, 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 and the ladies who are out there grinding it on the LPGA tour, um, they do it because they know that in the course of four or five hours, their life could really just mm-hmm. turn around like that. It's almost like playing scratch off, off tickets, but you actually know what's behind the square. You have a chance. <laughs> yes, you have a chance. <laughs> See, but that's what's great about the sport of golf is, like you said, each week you can watch somebody who is could possibly be achieving their dream or they're chasing their dream. Like everybody, not everybody that's out there on the course are your Justin Thomases, your Dustin Johnson, your Brooks Kepsons no. who have millions in the bank no. because they've been successful. The majority actually of the guys out there are literally They're playing grinding. for their livelihood, for their paycheck, mm-hmm. for their family, whatever. And to be able to watch people do that and that chase their passion and, and grind it out, like it's just something special that you don't get to like, no, what other professional sport do you get to watch that where, you know, every other professional sports, these guys are getting paid a lot and you can, it's hard to relate to them. But when it comes to golf, like, these guys well, they're just think, so relatable. Well, I think you I think we talked about it in a previous episode where basketball might be the closest, but not quite mm-hmm. in the sense that um you watch you watch an NFL game and then even if you have a Sunday church league of touch football or tackle football with your boys, it's not and it, it's you're not at Jerry's world, you're not at Foxborough, <laughs> you're not any you know at Soldier's Field, Foxborough. There's a throwback for you. Um <laughs> You're not at Gillette, hashtag Gillette. Gillette, But in golf, but in golf, there are literally, so what's today, March 15th, there are people who went and played Sawgrass today. They went and played the stadium course. And as the things are getting taken down, because it's in prime condition, they can make a buttload of money. Uh, They might, I think they might actually reserve it for a week or two for staff and volunteers and stuff like that. But but what we're getting back to is you and I can watch this tournament and then go out there and tee it up. And there's literally no difference between the game that they were playing and the game that we're playing. They're just way better at it in basketball. I watch these people who are not actual humans. They are gigantic, (laughs) you know, athletic specimens and they are doing these things and I'll go out and shoot a free throw or something miss. Um, But it's not even close. Golf is the only one that touches on that level and gives you that kind of intimate insight and that humility to think no matter how many pars I'm going to make, I'm not making a par for a million dollars. Or like you said, maybe it's not a million dollars. Maybe it's my livelihood, my rent check next week. Um, So me and you can drive up to out to upstate New York right now and play Beth Page Black. Which yeah, was we'll go home, camp out. We'll get which a was time. home to one of one of the most memorable. It was the U.S. Open, I believe. Um, finishes. Oh, two I, U.S. Open. Yeah, yeah. It was it was fantastic. I remember working my my job at the ice cream stand and just ignoring the customers and staring at the little t- tube TV hanging up in the corner because it was just it was riveting. It was fantastic. Yeah, but that's a public broke. course. Anybody, First. if you have the money, you can afford it. Anybody can walk on and play that. Uh, it's not expensive. I mean, it's a it's yeah. a state it's, a, it's at a state park. You know, I mean, yep. Pebble Pebble Beach is another one that's a public course technically. You know, it's accessible. Tory Pines. Um, I read an article, Sawgrass is, because te- Sawgrass is technically public. You can have yeah. memberships to the TPC network. Of stuff, But through uh, vacations and stuff like that, you can go play Sawgrass. But just the off the rack, most people do it as part of a travel package. But off the yeah. rack, I think that the peak tee times this year are $840 for a round. Yeah, and that doesn't include spend on golf. <laughs> yeah, that's my budget for the next two, three years of Greens Feast, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but, but um, no. But listen, I will, golf I, is accessible. Golf and, I, 
it's it's get, it's accessible. It's getting more accessible, and it's getting much more entertaining and accessible because of things like DFS and Belly Up Sports yes. and podcasts and the engagement that we can feel, um, you know, through through being voyeurs of the game. And so, whether it's Definitely. Belly Up Fantasy National uh, Rolex, they're going to throw us. They're going to throw us. Uh, they're involved <laughs> in the game. It is a unique sport, and that's why uh, this is a unique opportunity to come on here once a week and share some thoughts and ideas and some divots and pivots with you. Uh, always a reminder, this is for fun. It should be for fun. Yes. The minute it's not feeling fun, there stop. are people you can talk There are people you can talk to about, uh, and you need to stop and you need to take stock of things because uh, our boy Chad said it. Don't bet what you can't bet. Oh, literally, every time you place a bet, think to yourself, ah, that's, I'm going to lose that money. Exactly. You know? Because that's what the, you know. It's but that's it is what gambling fun. is. Yeah. So make sure you're having fun. Drink responsibly. Play responsibly. Gamble responsibly. Uh, golf irresponsibly, but make sure you uh, do it with etiquette. Very important. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. We're approaching the 19th hole now. So before we lose you again, real fast, do you have anything big coming up you want to share? You want to promote? Here's your shot, or uh, just hit take take a couple seconds here. I got you. I'm actually, like I said, I'm remote. I'm in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and I'm at a, a conference for youth development professionals in the summer industry. So otherwise, known as camp. Uh, and one of the hot topics around here are sports and activities that young people can get engaged in to teach them certain intangible lessons and everything they talk about with summer camp. I think that's golf, you know, teamwork, accountability, integrity, overcoming challenges uh, and, and, and having a good time and making friends along the way. That's what uh, that's what the show's all about. That's what golf's all about. And God knows we're going to keep uh, pivoting as long as they will have us. So thank you once again, Andrew, for having me. Thank you to Belly Up for having me. I will be yes. back. I swear that won't happen again. I promise. Hand to God, Scout's <laughs> honor. Thank you to Fantasy we National. Shout it. out. Shout out to Fantasy National. You make yes. me a smarter and better and better person. And as always, shout out to, to Belly Up. Shout out to TikiLive.com. Thank um, you, go- Tiki. Go and download the TikiLive.com app, app on your Roku devices if you have Roku or on your Apple devices if you have Apple TV. Um, get it on there. Search Belly Up Sports. Um, and like I said, go to at Belly Up Media on Twitter. Twitter. Make sure to vote twice daily for your favorite podcast within the matchups. March Madness is here, and we're not taking a break from that. We are facing off against each other. So go on vote 3 o'clock Friday, the 18th. This Friday, you can find Divots and Pivots. Thanks for joining us, and have a great day, everyone. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.